Dogcast episode number 416. Tough loss for the dogs. I don't even know what the score was. I passed out when it was 45 to nothing. So, uh, who knows? I didn't even see anything after that. It's the Dogcast episode number 416. Me and Old Dog back in the bunker. He is off the recruiting trail. He has come back with no linemen and no kickers. So we're just going to get through this year. Old Dog, it was a tough loss. A- oh, it it, it, it it goes way beyond tough. <laughs> oh, I mean, it was. I mean, and anyone oh. that listened to our last uh podcast realized that we were not expecting to win we were trying to but, telegraph in the most positive way we could but that, i had no idea that we would just have our ass whipped as badly as we were i mean 45 to nothing in the middle of the third quarter god almighty it was breathtaking I mean, this is, <laughs> This is 1979 all over again. And, I mean, it just, you know, folks, we need to, it's time for reality check. We are not very good. And it's going to be a couple years before we are because as, as wonderful as all of these recruits that we got and all of the stars and all of that shit that they had, you know, you're not going to win with receivers that are under six feet tall, and you're not going to win with five-star defensive players that can't tackle. Hey, you're talking about receivers that are under six feet tall. It don't matter how damn tall they are. If the ball goes through their face mask, down through their jersey, out through their uh, – well, I mean, come on, man. I mean, and I was going to wait on that, but we have an I epidemic <laughs> of Martrez Milner disease. I mean, oh, it is a flare-up. And as we know, there is no cure. I mean, it's like leprosy. All you can do is take the people that have Martrez Milner disease and put them on an island all together. Like in a colony. Other, away from other human beings so yes. it doesn't spread. I tell you, and you know, you see how it infects too. Like, I mean, just from one week to the next. Now, Isaiah McKenzie, epic case. I'm telling you, Stanley. It oh, it was it was it was brutal. I, well, I think I think I think Reggie Davis is the is the main cause of it. You think he's patient zero? I, patient I do, zero for Martrez Milner. He has he has had Martrez Milner disease since the beginning oh. for a few years now. Oh gosh. It was but painful. I mean, you know, and and you talk about being exposed. I mean, all of our weaknesses are exposed. We can't block on the offensive line. We can't run the ball if you can't block. We can't rush the passer. Therefore, it exposes our weak ass defensive backs. I mean, there is just there is nothing, absolutely nothing 
that we do good. No phase. I mean, poor old Jacob Eason, man. How many times did you see him just run? He wasn't really dropping back so much as he was just running to a spot on the field and then just heave the ball, right? Yeah, I mean, if he took the seven-step drop, there probably would have been someone from Mississippi <laughs> there waiting to throw exactly. his ass to the ground. Exactly. Unlike us, unlike us, who would just whiff right by him. Run back there. Pat Chad Kelly on both shoulder pads, you know, run around and around and around him a couple of times and then fall down. Yeah. Um, you you know, know, and I want someone to check number seven's bank account because <laughs> my guess is he bet every penny he had on Mississippi. I'm telling you, we, we promise not to beat up on individual players. And, you know, I'm not knocking the effort. I'm not sure we promise that. I think we promise not to call them by name. Yeah. And I'm also, I, listen, as we've said before, I know they're doing the best they can do. And I appreciate they're doing the best they can do. And I appreciate also that they're doing better than I could do. But. I Well, I'm not sure of that. Because <laughs> I'm telling you what. If I all can, that is required I can, I can, is to I run towards well, Chad Kelly and fly by him. I can waving. do that as good as anybody. Uh, <laughs> now, I might have a heart attack doing yes. it, you know, with that kind of exertion. But, I mean, I can miss tackles with the best of them. And then let's talk, you know, no discussion of the defense would be complete this week without talk of number 12. You know, old dog, the first rule of personal foul, there are two personal fouls in particular on number 12. If you were going to personal foul pass interference – he better damn well not catch the ball, right? I mean, if you're going to interfere with the guy, the whole point is to make sure he doesn't catch the ball. The first rule of pass interference is he doesn't catch the ball. You don't interfere with him and then casually watch him catch the ball and then just casually walk off the field shaking your head like, I don't know what happened there. I tell you what our defense reminds me of. And there are a lot of our listeners that are too young to remember electric football. But it was a game (laughs) where you put all your players together, and they had little plastic things on the bottom that you were supposed to move around. Yes. And then you hit a switch, and it just vibrated. And they all just went in different directions and stuff. And they just buzz around. Yeah, and that's our defense. And nobody we ever are, gets tackled. They just get bumped no, into. <laughs> we are, we are, and, and the, we're we're an electric, we're an electric uh, football defense. Oh, you and got, that's not uh, a, and that's not a good thing, dude. I have to laugh. We have, we have no clue. I mean, we can't. We have no pass rush. You know, our our linebacking core that was supposed to be one of the best in the nation, because I think between them they must have eight thousand stars. As recruits and eight thousand and hell maybe eight thousand tackles too. I don't know maybe. I but, mean uh, it is just and and then at that uh, point it just exposes how weak our defense our defensive backs are. And I mean I'm not telling anybody anything that we didn't know coming into the season. Right. And I mean Hope Springs Eternal. We were hoping for the best. We were hoping some kind of divine intervention would come in. But we all knew pretty well that the cupboard was bare, 
that our offensive line was going to suck and that our defensive line was not going to be very good. And that's where we are. We are all out of smoke. We're all out of mirrors. We're all out of puppies' feet, rabbits' feet, whatever you want to call it, right? My only hope is that we can beat the bottom feeders and not embarrass ourselves anymore against the good teams. I got to tell you, old dog, we are staring down the damn barrel of four and four right now. Yeah. I mean, it. You ain't gonna blink. I'm not saying that's gonna happen. But I'm telling you, you blink your damn eyes and turn around a couple of times, and we could be four and four. Um, and you know, I want to focus just for a second. I was thinking about this this morning, actually, talking to the showbiz wife about Maurice Smith. I don't know. How do you think Maurice Smith feels, man? I mean, that kid. I understand he's looking for a major that Alabama has <laughs> that that Georgia does not offer. I understand. I mean, you know, you think about Maurice Smith, man. He has never in his college career experienced anything like that. I I bet he looked up. What do you think? I mean, just let's be real for a second. What do you think Maurice Smith was thinking when he looked up at the scoreboard and saw 45 to nothing? He was like, what in the hell? What is, I don't even, hell, his, his brain can't even damn compute or even understand what 45 to nothing he didn't even know what the hell was he. I feel sorry for the kid. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but he's probably and this was really and I mean and this goes back to the coaching staff. Um, you know, we gave up. I mean, we we just flat out quit. Mm. And uh, that's. I mean, it's one thing to be beat by a better team and better talent, which obviously Mississippi had. But but we gave up. Man. And, and that's something that, that they really need to work on. At least in the first three games, we had some fight and we didn't give up. You yeah. know, I mean, granted, we should have pounded nickels into the ground and we should have beat Missouri by three or four touchdowns. But when the game was close and we needed to rise to the occasion, we did. We had at no point in this game against Mississippi when we could have rose up and done something, did we? Or, or did we did we do something good? <laughs> you know, it was a funny combination yesterday. You know, did you notice there were times when, uh, just to show you how, I mean, like I said, I like Jacob Eason, and I know he's playing his butt off. It's a trial by fire for an 18-year-old kid right now. But, you know, he, um, there were times when it seemed like we just never were, we just weren't in sync. Either every, we, the way we were calling it is like the 10 would do their job and Eason would throw it a mile too far. Or Eason would throw a perfect, beautiful strike and somebody in the 10, the other 10, would screw up, you know? That's been affected by Martrez Milner disease. <laughs> yeah, that's what, that's exactly right. It's crazy how, you know, Eason makes a perfect throw, they drop it. They run a perfect route, Eason throws a terrible throw. It's you know, just, but I'm we just not couldn't sure, get it going. I'm not sure there was ever a perfect route one because, I mean, we never in that game until Hugh Freeze, thank God, put in you know, their third, fourth string. I think there were actually people coming out of the stance that they were suiting up, much like in the Navy game. 
uh, to play. You know, if you're sure. in Section 107, you want to Today's your up. day. But, uh, you know, we got it because, you know, you can beat Georgia. Um, we just, our, our receiving core, we get no separation. I mean, this is the fourth game now where we have to throw a perfect pass. There's no, there is no Georgia player running wide open like our opponents do against us. I know. I know. You're right. That never happens. Um, and I think a lot of it is the fact, I mean, their receivers were big, grown-ass men. And it looked like big, grown-ass men playing against boys. I tell you, and it wasn't I mean, good, old dog. You know, if you're 6'4 and 220 pounds and the guy covering you is 5'10 and 185, who the hell do you think's going to win? <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Even, even if you've got nice flowing dreadlocks coming out from under your helmet. I tell you, it's not good. It's not good. I, t- I, I mean, and like, let's let let me just look, guys. It is what it is, man. I mean, we're dog fans. We're in it now, right? We're not. We're not in this club of oh, oh we should have gotten. I mean, I know we we've got a caller, and I'm not I'm not down on the caller. Everybody's got their opinion, right? But like, some guys are like, oh. Dang, Kirby Smart sucks. We wish we had Tom Herman. Hell, maybe now we can get less miles, you know. Hell, we could get less miles and Brian Van Gorder back, old dog. You know, there's, but that's, that's crazy talk, right? I mean, I'm not, we're not down on Kirby. This is where we are. We are making a change from one kind of football to another kind of football, and it's going to take time. It ain't going to be this year. It ain't even going to be next year. No. You might no, as well we're... get your mind right, kids. Yeah, I mean, we are in this for the long haul. And, you know, am I going to give Kirby Smart a pass? I'm going to give him a pass for a couple years. But I'm telling you, if much, I mean, we we can't continue on like we did with Rick with just mediocre play. Sure. If we're not in, in year four, if we are not competing for the SEC championship and a national championship, then his ass needs to go and somebody else needs to come in. Sure. Because that's the way we at the dog cast roll. If you ain't playing for a national championship, then we've got no, you know. You ain't playing ten, for nothing. Ten wins against a bunch of teams that you ought to beat, that don't mean shit. You know, it's no fun having your ass kicked against teams that are better than you. I mean, 45 to nothing in the third quarter. Mm. I mean, how embarrassing is that? It is damn max embarrassing. We were talking about yesterday, old dog. You know, I know you're a huge fan of the concept of the signature win, you know. Everybody's got to have a signature win, you know. And um, I was talking to my boys yesterday during the game, and he said, you know, we don't have signature wins. We have signature losses. It seems like here lately, and this is not a Rick thing or a smart thing, this is a Georgia thing. Hell, we have signature losses. It's like every season we're holding our breath. Which, what game is going to be the game where we come out and wet the bed and get 
bulldozed. You know, the Alabama game last year, the Ole Miss game this year, and then you just hope there's only one signature loss. You know well, what I mean? Well, no, I mean, it's you hope, you really do hope that we are not going to ever be dominated again like we were or that our players are actually just going to give up. Or, yeah, you hope. As number 12 said, you know, apparently they didn't even know what defense they were supposed to be in. But I'm telling you, Tennessee is going to kick our ass all over Sanford Stadium. You may as well, you may as well just have a bunch of bourbon, have a bunch of crystals before you go in, <laughs> because it is not going to be a pretty sight. Because really, honestly, the Tennessee Florida outcome yesterday was pretty much the worst case scenario for Georgia. As bad as the matchups were, we told you last week in the pregame show that this Ole Miss game was a set of bad matchups. We told you that. It just wasn't a good matchup for us. This Tennessee setup with now, this Florida now, win. Now, when you say, when you say a good matchup, you're actually talking about facing players of your caliber or better. I mean, so, Good matchup would be against a Division <laughs> two school. Well, and a bad matchup for us so far is against a Division one school. <laughs> yeah, that's one way to look at it. I mean, more to the point, their kind of offense and their kind of defense are particularly suited amongst the Division one teams. Ole Miss was particularly a problem for Georgia. Unlike, say, North Carolina. North Carolina wasn't as big of a problem for us as Ole Miss was. That, that's what I was kind of trying to say. I got you. I, I know what you here's mean, what, though. Here's what we need to hope. We need to hope we can beat South Carolina, that we can beat Kentucky, yeah, and that we can beat Fish Fry Paul Johnson. Yes. And don't we have another give me game in there somewhere? Oh, yeah. you uh, Louisiana Lafayette. There you that go. gets us to seven, and maybe the Liberty Bowl. Yeah, or, or yeah, whatever the, whatever that game is they play in Shreveport. You know who cares because that extra month of practice is so important to everybody. <laughs> um, Listen, you know that extra month of practice is about as is about as good as many stars as number seven had when he came out of high school. Lives, listen. You remember a couple of months ago, I found myself thinking about something else, too. And I remember thinking at the time, man, that's harsh. But now, it doesn't seem so harsh. You remember when Kirby Smart, our own head coach, two weeks before the season started, or maybe it was three weeks, it was in fall camp, though, he said, look, we're not that good. He said, our best player on defense is a second-string all-SEC guy. Yeah. I, I remember when he said that, and I thought to myself, damn, coach, that is, that's hardcore, man. He's saying that to people's faces, you know? But it turns out our best player on defense is a second string all SEC guy, right? It turns out he was exactly right. We are exactly who he said we were, and we are playing against Nichols State and Missouri and Ole Miss exactly like he told us we were going to play. Yeah, and, you know, and the cupboard was left pretty bare. As much as we You know when you say that, though, the Mark Rick people, help my wife, says, well, you say the cupboard's bare, but we won ten games last year, and 
you know, Nick Chubb had, what, 13 damn games in a row of rushing for 100 yards. Why can't we rush for 100 yards now? We have essentially the same guys that he ran for 100 yards per game last year behind him until he got hurt. We have well, essentially the same personnel that won 10 games last year. So tell me about this bear cupboard again. I'm just telling you, that's what they're saying. How well, do you defend our, yourself our there? Our offensive line, we, you know, is, is not as good as he was. But I guess our best offensive lineman was John Theus, and he's gone. And he wasn't very good. That is I dreadful mean, our, thing. Our offensive line is absolutely pathetic. And we don't have an offensive line coach that knows how to coach a bunch of scrawny-ass midgets. <laughs> Sam is Pittman, true. His Sam scheme Pittman is not knows, set up for those guys. It's not set up to, you know, if you're 6'1 and 280 pounds, you don't fit in his scheme. And apparently he doesn't know how to coach. I mean, we may not just have the skill. I mean, it's we can't block. We cannot open holes for our running backs. We and we seem to digress. Uh, you know, at least against well, you know, who knows? At least against Missouri, we pass protected, but El Missouri's line may not have been that good. Um, quite frankly, maybe the offensive line just they don't like Pittman and they quit. They gave up. Maybe. It, it is clear. You make a good point there. It is clear. It is very clear that a lot of guys have not bought in to what Kirby Smart is selling. There's a lot of dang, like you said, number 12 talking about we don't even really know what we're doing out there. The guys have not completely sold out or bought in or whatever damn analogy or euphemism or cliché phrase you want to say we are not all rowing in the same direction right now that much is 100 percent clear and you know and i don't think any coach would win 10 games with this with this lot of players that we have now playing like they are uh we have got to we've got to start fresh and you know you look back when Jimbo Fisher took over Florida State. They went through a couple years where they were mediocre, and that's where we're going to be. But they had good supposed recruiting classes. And all I can say is let's hope that the kids that we've got coming in in 17 and 18 live up to their recruiting potential. And hopefully we are recruiting a better I think our philosophy is much more in line with mine to where we are recruiting what wins football games, and that is alignment. It's not five-star quarterbacks. It's not 5'10 receivers that can run like the wind. It's guys that are 6'5", 6'6", 300-and-some pounds, that are strong as hell and can knock somebody on their ass. It's also on the defensive side, folks that know how to rush a passer and when given an opportunity to tackle a quarterback, actually do instead of just whiffing on him. 
and, you know, kind of, I guess, maybe pat him on the shoulder and say, hey, why don't you throw a 55-yard touchdown pass? I'm just, you know, I'm just blowing by you. <laughs> I'm just passing by. Or feel free to take off and run down the middle of the field until yeah. you get tired. I mean, it's just, I, I hope, all I can hope is <laughs> that last Saturday was the lowest point that Georgia football will reach under Kirby Smart. Hey, great point. And on that sad, sad note, I'm going to go have a bunch of crystals. Because, you know, there's nothing that cheers me up. When I'm happy, crystals are awesome. And when I'm sad, crystals are even more awesome. Yep. And and here's the deal. Those of you that did not listen to the old dog last week, when he said, if you can get, if you can get Mississippi given seven or six points, mortgage your house, borrow <laughs> all the money you can, and bet it on Mississippi. If we are, if if Tennessee is giving less than ten points, and you did not take my advice last week, do it this week. You will become a millionaire. Old dog, is this some kind of reverse psychology? Is this like the opposite of the Chicago hex where you used to say all we got to do is show up? Or is this a reverse psychology thing you're trying now? Or, or, or what, what's going on I here? I am telling you the only way that we will beat Tennessee is if their plane crashes on the way to Atlanta. <laughs> God almighty. I'll tell you, them coming from behind to beat Florida the way they did, worst case scenario for Georgia. Because yeah. they are true I, believers they, and they are they, they, on they, fire. They, have, they caught their stride in the second half. Yeah. They have figured it out and they are ready to wreak havoc on the dogs. And we have got a tough, tall order coming up. And I am telling you, as bad as they looked, Florida's defense is far, far superior to ours. That is true. That is also true and also very disheartening. Thanks, old dog. It's a community service. Dog fans, thanks for listening. We wish we had better news for you, but it pretty much just sucks right now. Everything sucks. It's all bad. There is nothing good. We can't block. We can't run. We can't pass. We can't catch. We can't tackle. Oh, well, we can't wait a cover. minute. Wait a minute. There, there was one shining light. Actually, well, a couple we, of shining lights, won. maybe. We won the time of possession. Hell yeah, we, we did. We possessed the ball over 35 minutes. Damn right we did. Wore their butt out, didn't we? Yeah. We wore their defense out. Um, I'll tell you something else. Harrion, Brian Harrion and Elijah Holyfield, those kids are legit. I know they're running against backups, but I'm telling you, those kids are pretty damn legit. Anything you want to say about Nick Chubb and his ankle? I mean, I think he's okay. I, I think he's... If, if I were Nick Chubb and had the offensive line that I did, I would... I, I would I would tell Coach Smart, you know, I, I'm done. Nick yeah. Smart, Nick Chubb won't do that because he is a He's team awesome player and a team, yeah. And he is not as mercenary as I am. But you know, it, it's a situation. This is Nick Chubb's last year there, and why in the world would you want to take the pounding 
that he's going to buy a group of people that can't open a hole for you. Or for a group of people that are going to give up 45 to nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I would just, at, at that point, if I'm Nick Chubb, I'd just work out and get ready for the pros. But, like you said, Nick Chubb is an awesome kid with an awesome attitude. He is totally going to do the right thing and at all can, times. And, and if he can get back on the field as soon as that ankle's healed, he will. He absolutely will. Having said that, Harrion and Holyfield, pretty damn good-looking runners. I'm really impressed with the way Holyfield and Brian Herring run the ball right now. And also Sonny Michelle. I mean, hell, we just have unlimited running backs. I wish we had unlimited offensive linemen. Ugh, but we don't. We got Catalina and Pike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, you know, the writing was on the wall when when you're getting a Woody because – a guy Some from Rhode guy Island's coming. That was a second, you know. That was a second team All American from Rhode Island is gonna is gonna come. I mean, you know, where where did we go wrong? What happened when we are, you know, starting a quarterback that can't start at Virginia, and our left tackle is a guy from Rhode Island. I yeah. Mean, I don't know. Not the way we drew it up, huh? No. That's where we are, though. And we got... <laughs> How about Blankenship? How about Blankenship and those glasses kicking the ball? Now, you know, oh, and Bryce Ramsey, he's hurt. Didn't even make the trip to Ole Miss. Marshall Long did a pretty good job punting the ball. Um, Blankenship's and, and field Marshall goal try. Marshall Long had the longest pass play that... Uh, of the game for us. Yes. Yes, he did. And that was actually a well-timed, too, by the way. Great fake. But um, I will give Blankenship this. At least his kick, he's still missing field goals. I mean, because that's, that's what we do is miss field goals. We are, but they're prettier. They're prettier, though. Yeah, exactly. It's it, a nice, it's a nice it end over end It looked like a kick, at least, right? I mean, it looked yeah. like a field goal attempt. Um, yeah, it was at least a pretty kick, but still, we are, I, as I, we talked about this last week, I just cannot understand a world where we are three of eight for field goals. Yeah. I can barely say that. I, it's like a dream sequence or something. Three of eight. We're three. Hell, you know, Auburn had six field goals yesterday to beat LSU, hell, we might not make six field goals this season. We we could definitely not make six field goals this season. Oh, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> I I can't even get my head around what that means. What that I don't even know what I'm saying. I will I will tell you this. Bill Hartman is turning in his grave. Oh God, it's so ugly. Anyway, hey guys, we got to put it behind us. This is the post game show. The next time you hear out of us, it'll be Tennessee pregame. And by God, well, I mean, I'm, come I, on, old dog, we got to rally. Even, no, we don't. Come on, need, we don't need to do a Tennessee pregame. Come on, if y'all want us, we will. The key to a victory for Tennessee <laughs> is their plane crashing Shut, from Knoxville to that. Atlanta. Because I'm telling you, 
if the volunteers make it into Sanford Stadium, it is not going to be pretty. Oh, come on, old dog. You've got to find a way between now and you Wednesday. May as well, you may as well start humming Rocky Top right no, now. No, sir. No, sir. you are going to hear it. No, sir. Um, God, that sucks. Oh, God. I wish you hadn't have said Top. that. When they play Rocky Top in Sanford Stadium, you know, I've seen them when we've lost in Sanford Stadium, and they play that damn song 74 times or some crap like that. Oh, God, it's going to be bad. Yeah, it's it, it's not going to be pretty. Dog fans, we got a bunch of call-ins. I'm sorry we're not more excited. I uh, wish we had better news for you. It's nothing good in Athens right now. We are 60 feet beneath the turf of Sanford Field in the bunker covering all of Athens football for you. This is by fans, for fans. It's the, y'all are the only reason we do the show. I will tell you what this reminds me of. There was a T-shirt I wore back in 1979 that said, Athens, Georgia, a drinking town with a football problem. And that's where we are right now. Uh, yeah, we. It, it, although that T-shirt was kind of a joke, we have an actual football problem right now. We did in 1979 <laughs> also, my friend. <laughs> I, I know. I know. But I know. I know. All right, dog fans. You thanks were for in listening. Back then, though, weren't you? I was nine whole years old. Yeah. Nine. Nine. Mm. All right, dog fans. Oh, the dog piss is going to be flowing. The red and blacks, the smart asses. I'm, I'm telling you, in in the middle of the second quarter, I put smart ass. I poured smart ass in with dog piss. <laughs> threw some red and black in there. Just, I, I was just trying to drink myself. I, <laughs> Make it stop. I wanted to pass out. <laughs> Make it stop. Exactly. Stop, stop the bad man. It hurts so much. Dog fans, thanks for listening. Go get a steamer, 12 Crystal Burgers, and I promise you'll feel better. Go dogs. Hey, guys, I'm going to play the calls right quick. Just for perspective, there's a couple of calls here that are from post-Missouri. I just put them in for a kicks, right? And then there's the rest of them are post Mississippi. Yeah, go dog. Hey, old dog. How about Jacob Eason? I know you talk a lot about him on your on the uh, podcast and uh, put out tonight. So, I don't know if he's the savior or not, but. You know what? He sure did do a damn good job tonight. And we won the game. And uh, I really like y'all's podcast. So. This is Dogcast Technical Support the next morning after the game. I worked all day Saturday and tried to stay up through the game. I think I missed the first few minutes of the third quarter. Um I want to give you three reasons why a change of coach was necessary based on last night's game. Derek, you're a car guy. You'll understand this. Uh, the special teams is a full frame-off restoration. This was a barn find. Uh, Kirby Smart is going to need two, one, maybe two cycles to fix uh, fix that special teams. That dumpster fire is being charitable. Two, the lines, both sides of the ball, 
almost no penetration whatsoever. Um, even with an all-world uh, person on, on the Missouri side, you only need two, maybe three guys to stop them. One of the things I was impressed with was the play of the guards. If you looked, they, Jacob Eason did have some room to step up when the pocket began to collapse around him. So that was a good thing. And three, the most important one, at the end of the game, they all said they didn't give up. Well, was the last time the last regime, you heard the last regime turn around and say they didn't give up? Okay? Those are my three reasons from last night why the coaching change was good for Georgia and absolutely necessary. Do I think we're going to beat Ole Miss next week? No. However, I do expect them to fight to the end. And on that, I will be very happy if they at least kept it close. How about them dogs? This is a working weekend for me. I'm on my way to work. So we'll see what happens next week. Good win. Next week at Old Miss. How about them dogs? Yeah, this is Steve from Savannah. I'm going to go ahead and get my call in now and get it over with. It's halftime. I understand we're not as talented as Ole Miss. I get that. Okay, our best receiver is five foot freaking seven. All right, all they got to do is throw the ball up in the air and catch it. Our kicker, don't ever let that son bitch walk on the field again. Either one of them, don't ever let them try to kick a field goal again. Take them back, give them a ride back to school. We'll do that, but don't ever put the uniform on and don't ever show up ever again. Never kick a ball again. There's there's teams in high school that goes through a whole year and never punt the ball. They just say, by God, we're just going to play with what we got. We're not putting it. We should do that with our kicking game. The next thing is keep Sonny Michelle in the game. He's the one who can hit the hole the quickest. We had a chance to establish a running game. That's over with. We're way too far behind. we got to air it out. But here's my deal, and I may not even watch the second half. We've got 40 seconds left in the halftime. we got 40 seconds, okay? we got the ball. If you've got two seconds left, in a game, everybody's trying to score. Those two seconds or three seconds or four seconds are just as valuable as the four seconds prior to a half. It's an opportunity to score. Now, granted, yes, we've made tremendous leaps and bounds from the Mark Rick era. Mark would just have us lay down in the fetal position and take an ass whipping in the first half and say, we quit. We'll see you all in a little bit. At least we did run a play or two plays. But what I can't understand, if you're going to do one or the other, give it everything you got. If you're going to try to score, you got three freaking timeouts. We throw a completion in the middle of the field, and we run like we're in the hurry-up offense. Hurry up to the line. Hurry up. we got to run a play. you got three freaking timeouts. I don't understand why we don't try to score and do everything we can when you're down 34 to absolute nothing. I'd just soon lay down and be a bitch and lay on the ground like we used to than just be stupid and try to run a hurry-up offense with three timeouts we never used in the first half. I don't understand it. I don't get paid a million dollars a year, but I know that. All right. Well, we gave him a chance. We gave him a chance. A couple of games he didn't. He just couldn't seem to do it, so we got to time for a new coach. Time for a new coach. Oh, uh, 
No, I had a trying. I mean, he had a good He gave it a good shot. He gave it a good shot. Uh, smart is an oxymoron. That's an oxymoron for his last name. Uh, no doubt about that. And my number one suggestion is not only fire Sam Pittman, the offensive line coach, let's just stuck his ass up and shoot the motherfucker. Old dog, you're right. I think, goddamn, old dog, you're right. This goddamn offensive line and blocking. I mean, how long is this gonna go on? How long is this shit gonna go on? It doesn't matter about the coach. Goddamn, Rick, Spark. It doesn't matter. Goddamn. How come they don't wake up? How come they don't damn wake up and figure out this goddamn offensive blocking? Damn. Shit. I don't care about the kicking. Well, Derek and Old Dog, this is Justin from Alabama. I uh, am probably uh, about three smart asses deep at this point. Just kind of sitting here watching Florida and Tennessee play and uh, kind of reflecting on our game earlier. And uh, I just I just hate this feeling of uh, of getting just pummeled, embarrassed. Um, you know, I, I get it. First year coach, and and they're playing with what they have, um, and the coordinators are using the kids we've got. But it's just a feeling of uh, embarrassment, really. I haven't felt it in a while. I thought I hadn't felt it in a while, but basically it's come back to rear its ugly head. So, anyway. See if we can get things turned around. I thought we might lose this game, but I didn't know it would be like that. So, feeling pretty disappointed. Derek, old dog, this is Ryan in Houston calling after a very dismal or abysmal performance. Um, I think this is probably the most disappointed that I've been in Georgia football in a long time with this recent three-game stretch. Aside from Eason willing the team to victory last weekend, um, it's just been complete garbage on the field. Uh, we can't run the ball. Our secondary is horrible. There was at least five times where the secondary yesterday would just turn the, turn their head around. They could have intercepted Chad Kelly's damn passes, but they can't even do that. All they do is commit pass interference penalties and run into receivers. It's it's really ridiculous. Uh, I feel like we are we are not a well coached team. I think Sam Pittman is a good coach, but right now I think he is trying to take a square peg into a round hole with having undersized guys running his scheme there for 340 pound linemen it just doesn't work um reese martin over his head said last year that we should have hired tom herman and kept pruitt as defensive coordinator we didn't do that um i like our recruiting rankings for next year and i'm still optimistic about the future 